Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross and today I want to share something with you that I am learning in real time. And when I say learning in real time, that also means that I am feeling all of the feelings that comes with learning something in real time. Now, when I talk about learning, a lot of you are not new to my work and you will remember me talking about a triangle. And this triangle is something that I talk to businesses about when I'm working with them, which is the way I see people's development. And at the top, so there's three sections to this triangle, right? The bottom section is behavior. The middle section is skills. The top section is knowledge. And knowledge is really quite, it's the easiest of all three to learn. It's the easiest, it's the easiest of all three to learn because it's pretty much binary. I either know how to say hello in French or I don't. It's that simple. Skills are a little bit more difficult because they require us to be able to practice them in order for us to be able to do them. So, for example, a skill might be learning how to ice skate. It's not as easy as me reading the instructions on how to ice skate. I need to be able to practice it in order to be able to do it. That's a skill. Behaviors are the hardest. Behaviors are the hardest for so many more reasons. Firstly, because of our conditioning. But secondly, because behaviors also usually involve habitual thought patterns, habitual behavioral patterns, that in order to develop a certain behavior, we must break some of the old stuff down and stop doing them. And so what I want to share with you today is something that I am learning in business, which is why the fuck have I been hiding? When I started my business, I I would like to say that I was a little bit naive and um, things didn't get to me as much, right? So I didn't, and when I say they didn't get to me as much, I think it was because I was unaware of them. I was unaware that there were people out there who whose main sole focus is to criticize people like me. And there were, there were people out there who do troll social media accounts and the and it's not that I didn't sort of know all of that like knowledge wise it's just that I didn't it wasn't really in my sphere of thinking and so one thing I can look back on at the beginning of my business and recognize is I felt a lot freer to create from a very free place a really authentic place and although I was definitely afraid of people's judgment I was definitely afraid of people's criticism what I wasn't afraid of is the ramifications of that criticism and of that um, of, of fucking up, basically. What I have come to realize about myself, and I've been sort of uncovering this since episode 137. So just so that I can point you in the right direction, episode 137 of the Inner Work Conversation is called What Beyonce and Others Can Teach Us About Being Ourselves in Business. And I remember in that episode, I talk about the Gallagher brothers and I talk about how, you know, they swagger and they swear and they've got a certain way about them and they're not unapologetic for that. And that episode was very much around being authentically you in business. And when did I record that? So that was maybe, I don't know, eight weeks ago, something like that. I have been um, on my own coaching journey and I've been working with a coach and at first I thought what I was bringing to the table was a visibility issue was a I really am struggling to be visible in my business and show up as myself now that might surprise a lot of you because you might be like but you come to the inner work conversation 
with all of this truth every single week, multiple times a week. And that's true. I actually do feel like this is my most authentic place that I can be. And what I realize is I'm not actually afraid to be visible in my business. Mm -mm, It's not that. It's not that. I'm not afraid to show my face in business. I'm not afraid to turn up online in business. I'm not afraid to publish podcast episodes, even when my own voice annoys me. <laughs> there, That's not it. The fear that I had and, and I'm working through is deeper than that. And it was a little bit more nuanced and complex than that. And anyway, I was talking to a colleague, um, a lady who's inside the Thrive First Method. I call her a colleague because although she buys things, buys services from my business, equally, I purchase things, I purchase services from her business. And in business, I like to think that there's no real hierarchy. We can all learn off each other. Hence, I'm going to call her a colleague. Um, Sorry, that was a really long explanation. A lady that I was chatting to today, we we were just talking about, you know, holding back in business. And it was one of those conversations where the moment one of you says, look, this is how I'm feeling. It's like the floodgates open. And you both look at each other and be like, what? No way. You two? Shut up. And I always know that, A, if I'm feeling something, if I'm going through something, you guys will be going through it in some way, shape or form too, or will do in future or have done in the past. I always know that, B, the moment I connect with someone else who um, is in a similar setting to me, that you know they're self-employed or they're in a position of leadership, I know that that's the point where I need to bring it to the inner work conversation. And so today's episode isn't necessarily really well structured. I have got one of my giant post-it notes with some points that I want to make on it. Um, And so I want to take you through some of the lessons that I'm going through at the moment. And like I said at the beginning, these aren't easy, like lessons of knowledge where I can go, cool, bonjour, I can say hello in French. This is more a development of my behavior, my thoughts, my beliefs, and will have an impact on my business and has had an impact on my business. And that's where I want to start this episode. The impacts that um, I'm going to call this ethical perfectionism, but I'm going to sort of weave into different places. But basically, this is about struggling with authenticity in your business. This is about not treading, like really treading ever so carefully through business each day so that you don't make a mistake so that no one can come along and be like, you you over there, you're shit, or you, you're being unethical, we must all cancel you, or you, you're charging too much, and it's not right, you, you're not worth that, there are, there is so much noise online, that I think the impacts of what I'm about to talk about today in business can be things like, we don't step into our brilliance, we don't share our brilliance, because we do not claim it, I'm going to talk about that today, we whisper testimonials. The conversation that I've just had with the colleague that I mentioned, she was telling me how this has got so bad for her that when a customer writes, a client writes a testimonial for her, she feels nervous to share that with the world in case someone sees that testimonial, works with her and she can't live into that client's amazing write-up. That's one of the impacts. Another one of the impacts, your prices will reflect your fears, not your truest value. That. Another impact, you will spend time treading through this minefield of trying to avoid making a mistake. 
So where I want to start in this episode is by reading out, and I'm going to have to hold this. If you're watching me on Spotify, it's going to look weird what I'm about to do, but I know when I hold this to the microphone, it will not record. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play it in my ear and I'm going to read this person's words out. This is a reel that I made and the original um, vocal was by someone I think called David Risley. I'm not sure and I apologize if I've got this person wrong, but here's what it said. Artists must be allowed to go through bad periods. They must be allowed to make mistakes. They must be allowed to do bad work. They must be allowed to get in a mess. They must be allowed to have dud experiments. They must be allowed to have periods where they repeat themselves in a rather aimless and fruitless way before they can pick up and go on. The type, the type of attention that they get now, the type of atmosphere of excitement, which tends to limit the creation of works of art, the way that everything is done too much in the public eye is really too much. The pressures are of a kind which are anti-creative. And when I heard that, I didn't create a reel on Instagram around that because it was a trend in noise or a trend in sound. I created a reel around that because those words really spoke to my heart. And at the time, it was weeks ago when I created that. And at the time I was like, yeah, yeah, we do need to be allowed to get in a mess and make mistakes. And yeah, people are a little bit afraid to fail and are a little bit afraid of other people's judgment. But I actually think that this goes a little, it's more nuanced than that. And it's the nuance that I want to talk to you about in this episode, because it's the nuance that I don't hear talked about. And this is the nuance of where I, if I'm in a conversation like I have been earlier, and no one's really talking about this, but I know it exists because I'm being impacted by it and I'm talking to my coach about it. And I'm going, well, why am I struggling to sell really well and stand confidently behind my work online? Because truth be told, it's fucking epic. And I'm not like, see, I'm about to do it now. I'm about to do it right now. I'm like, no, it is. It's epic. I know that this work, literally changes lives, literally changes lives. Why can't I go online and say that then? Now, to the naked eye or the untrained eye, you might go, well, maybe it's because you don't really believe it. No, I do. I do. When I come off a call with one of my clients, there is not a bone in my body that doesn't stand behind what I charge, what I can do with my work. There's not a bone in my body that doesn't believe it. But weirdly, when I go to sell online, when I go to create my web pages, when I go to put words down to say, hey, this is what I do, this is how brilliant it is, this is how much it costs, and this is why you should work with me. All of a sudden, I find myself shrinking. All of a sudden, I find myself wanting to be very still. All of a sudden, I find myself wanting to be small. And what I'm starting to realize is a big nuanced part of not showing up as authentically me. And authentically me means, yeah, owning all of my shit, all of the areas where I need to develop, all of the areas that I'm still growing and my areas of brilliance. And I read in one of my recent episodes, a snippet out of The War of Art. Do you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to read it again. Stay there. Here's what, here's what it says. So The War of Art is a book by Stephen Pressfield and it was recommended to me by another business owner that I'm really good friends with. And it says, in fact, let me pause the episode while I find... Here's what he says. Fear. Resistance feeds on fear. We experience resistance as fear, but fear of what? 
Fear of consequences of following our heart. Fear of bankruptcy, poverty, insolvency. Fear of groveling when we try to make it on our own and of groveling when we give up and come crawling back to where we started. Fear of being selfish or being rotten wives or disloyal husbands. Fear of failing to support our families. Fear of sacrificing their dreams for ours. Fear of betraying our race, our hood, our homies. Fear of failure. Fear of being ridiculous. Fear of throwing away the education, the training, the preparation that those we love sacrifice so much for that we ourselves have worked our butts off for. Fear of launching into the void, of hurtling too far out there. Fear of passing some point of no return, beyond which we cannot resent, we cannot reverse, we cannot rescind, but must live with this cocked up choice for the rest of our lives. Fear of madness, fear of insanity, fear of death. These are serious fears, but they're not the real fear. Not the master fear, not the mother of all fears that's so close to us that even when we verbalize it, we don't believe it. Pause in there, that's where I was. That's exactly where I was. When he go, my very first episode on the inner work conversation, I read out Marianne Williamson's. Basically, the whole poem is about you're not afraid of this whole failure thing. You're actually afraid of your own brilliance. Even when I've been reading that to myself, I'm like, oh, really? Because I feel like I'm afraid of failure. Let me carry on. Let me carry on and see if you're as convinced as me. The master fear, the mother of all fears, that's so close to us that even when we verbalize it, we don't believe it fear that we will succeed, that we can access the powers we secretly know we possess, that we be that we can become the person we sense in our hearts we truly are. This is the most terrifying prospect a human being can face because it ejects him at one go, he imagines, from all the tribal inclusions his psyche is wired for and has been for 50 million years. We fear discovering that we are more than we think we are, more than our parents, children, teachers think we are. Maybe that's why we struggle to accept compliments. We fear that we actually possess that that talent, our skill, that that the talent, our still small voice tells us that we actually have the guts, the perseverance and the capacity. We fear that we truly can steer our ship, plant our flag, reach our promised land. We fear this because if it's true, then we become estranged from all that we know. We pass through a membrane. We become monstrous and monstrous. We know that if we embrace all our ideals, we must prove worthy of them. And that scares the hell out of us. So do you remember me talking about my colleague who whispers her testimonials? Because what if she can't live into that the next time? This, 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 this. What will become of us? Will we lose our friends and family who will no longer recognize us? Will we wind up alone in the cold, void, starry space with nothing and no one to hold on to? Of course, this is exactly what happens. But here's the trick. We wind up in space, but not alone. Instead, we are tapped into an unquenchable, undepletable, inexhaustible source of wisdom, consciousness and companionship. Yeah, we lose friends, but we find friends too, in places we never thought to look. And they're better friends, truer friends, and we're better and truer to them. Do you believe me? Now, I don't, when I, when he says friends, I don't necessarily take that quite literally. Like, I take it as there are people who fall away, but there are people who are drawn to us and they're drawn to the most truest, most authentic version of ourselves. This isn't, by the way, an episode about bigging yourself up. This isn't an episode about puffing out your peacock chest or flaring out your feathers. This is about where are you hiding and where are you shrinking and where are you staying small and shrinking away from your own brilliance because you're afraid someone out there is going to come along and be like, you're not that brilliant. Shut up, sit down. And by the way, you're wrong. And by the way, let's all cancel her because she's being unethical. 
that's what this is about. So here's a few points that I want to bring to you to consider, like literally for your consideration. One of the things that I've noticed that I've been doing, we talk about cancel culture. One of the things that I can see that I've been doing in my business is canceling myself so that I can't get canceled. I have been holding back on nuanced topics because the fucking internet makes it so hard to put a topic out there in black and white in 10 slides, in a quippy quote. And people comment and really struggle with nuance. And I include myself when I say people. And what I really mean by that is, there's been times over the past couple of years where I've seen people online be criticized and um, you know, people saying that's wrong, they shouldn't be doing that, they shouldn't be um, behaving in that way in business. And I'm like, yeah, I agree, that's wrong. And in doing that, in judging them in that way, what I am actually doing is going against my own value. <laughs> and my own value is we all evolve. We all evolve. One of the biggest parts of having a podcast is knowing the difficulty of you putting an episode out there and knowing that it exists out there until you take it down, which for me is going to be never. I'm never going to take any of my podcast episodes down, I don't think. And knowing that maybe in episode 25, I said something that I now cringe at, I now disagree with. I now think I I really strongly disagree with that. And what I believe, that thing that I read out about art and being able to make mistakes and being able to make a mess, what I believe we are missing at the moment is with cancel culture and with things being online and being able to screenshot things and all of and missing out the nuance me too is we're not allowing ourselves and we're not allowing others to grow and evolve out loud we're basically saying you've put that out there that is a representation of who you are and who you will always be now, please know what I'm not saying here is that I agree that when someone does something that's unethical or makes a mistake in business, that there's not a way to go out and correct that. I believe that when someone makes a mistake and causes harm and hurt to others, that that should be corrected. Um, and in in all ways, in ways of apology, in ways of reimbursement, you know, maybe refunding a customer their price that they paid for a service that they've complained about. There are ways to deal with your own mistakes and deal with genuine um, mistakes that have been made without malicious intent. But what I think happens is because the world and its dog wants to get on everything, there are literally accounts out there on Instagram targeting coaches like me, ethical coaches like me who have good hearts, good intent, who position their services in a reasonable manner, don't oversell, don't overpromise and underdeliver. Don't charge unreasonable prices for what the service actually is. There are accounts out there targeting people like me, bringing those with a, with a view to bring those people down. And it reminds me, do you ever remember in school? I don't know if this applies to you, but it did to me. I remember being in primary school and the teacher say sitting us all down and saying children when you come on the reading mat you must make sure you've wiped your feet because it's getting all muddy and I remember going home and being really upset and being like mom 
I, I got mud on the reading mat and anyway the teacher my mum must have spoke to the teacher and my teacher spoke to me the day after and was like Nikki I wasn't talking to you I was talking to another child but what I think happens is when blanket shit is thrown out there gen people good people with genuine intent start viewing themselves through that lens and stop shouting about how amazing their stuff is and stop being the most authentic version of themselves. I know in a recent episode, I've talked about what I see when my clients and myself don't show up authentically online and in their businesses. It's like someone's turned the color down on a TV. I'm me, I'm here. You can see the outline of me, but I'm not necessarily sharing the truest expression of myself because I'm holding back because I'm scared of what might happen. And so what I can see that I've been doing is canceling myself in order to not get canceled failing in advance so that I can't fail, judging myself and being so fucking critical about the work that I'm putting out there so that no one can be critical of me. Because if I can be critical, the, if the more I can be critical of myself, the less their criticism can get to me. And I don't wanna run my business that way. I've worked for bosses in the past who have been that way. And I would never work for them again. So why the fuck am I doing that to myself? And I'm treating myself with so much care and so much gentleness in this place. And I'm sharing this from a place of genuine going through it at like in this current moment. And so I want you to know that if you're resonating with this and if you're like, yeah, me too, then I want you to know that this is not the time to give yourself a load of shit. Like I could look back on the past, I'd say year of my business. Like from, I would say in the whole of 2021, I was consumed with being a carer for my dad. And I would say the whole of 2021 for me was about maintaining my business, maintaining my customer service, maintaining the um, the work that I do. I wouldn't say that that was my year of shining. But when I reemerged, my dad passed on New Year's Eve 2021. And when I reemerged in 2022, I just started to notice a real sense of not not as Nikki <laughs> like not as Nikki-ness and the reason that I noticed it was because when I'm on the calls with my clients and when I'm on calls with the Thrive Together uh, Thrive First Method members it used to be called Thrive Together Thrive First Method members I am me I really am I, sh I shine people people have fed that back to me you shine on those calls and in you shine in your light, you bring out the light in other people. And I know that I do that. So why then have I been hiding on social media? Why then have I only just started finding the courage to record these videos as podcast episodes and not just as audio? I tell you why. Yeah, I'm afraid of failure. Yeah, I'm afraid of people's judgment. But you know what I'm afraid more of? I'm afraid more of being seen as unethical. I'm afraid more of being perceived as being too big for my boots and saying, look how amazing my work is only for someone over there to be like, it's not, you know. And I don't know who that is over there, <laughs> but there's someone. And it's almost like every time I walk into my office, they're sitting in the corner of the room, just taking notes, just taking notes, you know? So cancel ourselves before we get canceled. Um, 
The next thing that I've got written down to talk to you about is I don't want to shine too bright in case someone tells me it's unethical. So I've just gone there. Let me go there. Let me go into the three points that I've got around this. Firstly, in your prices. The reason, the main reason why I see in my clients and with myself, people not owning their prices, what they charge, they initially say to me, because I feel like it's a reflection of my worth. And I'm like, okay, it's actually not anything to do with your worth and all about the outcome that you can stand by, that you're creating for your client, with your client, co-creating with your client as a result of all of the things that make up you very unique you with your own set of life experiences with your own unique makeup with your own skills that you've developed over time with your own investment that you've made in your own development in order to make you good at what you do it's not a reflection of the value of you it's a reflection of the value that you can co-create with your client to get them the result that you said that you would in the first place and let's have it right that is a co-creation so if you go onto my website pages right you will see, I talk about that. I talk about, uh, for example, on my one-to-one service, one-to-one coaching page, when you scroll down, it actually says there's always a but. And in that section, you will see how I share the responsibility of creating the outcome with my client. Now, one thing that I've personally never struggled in with, sorry, never struggled with in business is my prices. I've never struggled to own my prices, but I work with people who do struggle to own their prices and therefore struggle to increase their prices. And one of the things that comes up for them all the time is, but what if someone somewhere comes along and says, it's not worth that? You're conning people. And again, it's coming from this place of ethical perfectionism where we're wondering if it's okay to charge someone that for this thing that I'm promising them. And what they then, what I notice the behaviors in them, what they start to do is they start auditioning their price with people, maybe with their family, maybe with other people in their industry, maybe with friends. And when you audition your price, what you need to remember is other people are just going to give you their opinion, which is based on what they know about your work, which might not be very much. I know for my family, they don't really know what I do. Not really. And I know that because none of them have ever experienced it. So they might know from the outside looking in what I do, but they've never experienced it. So they don't really know, right? And also they've got their own set of conditioning. So I know, for example, one friend of mine would spend hundreds and I'm talking multiple hundreds of pounds on a pair of trainers. But she would not invest in herself through a coaching session. And that's, o- that's okay. None's right or wrong, right? The point here is everyone's got their own. And, and by the way, I've got friends who never spend any money on themselves because their conditioning tells them that's bad, that's wrong, that's selfish. So what I'm saying to you is when you audition your prices, when you audition your ideas right this is the next thing when you audition your ideas out there prepare for people to reflect back to you what they think and the issue with all of that is i'm getting distracted by the dog just one sec i'm going to come back to this wait i apologize but i am not going to edit this shit out (laughs) 
when we audition our prices, when we audition our ideas, what we're basically saying is, I don't want to shine too bright just in case someone comes along and says, you are not worthy of shining that bright or it's unethical for you to shine that bright. The same goes, by the way, in your promises. Now, one thing when I set my business up, I we I don't have it anymore, but one thing I used to have in my home is this clothes dryer. And it was, if you imagine, it's a metal structure like a clothing rack with um like a sh- like a container over it, a material container over it and a heater at the bottom. So it's basically like a hot air balloon that you put your you put your clothes in to dry. And on the on the side of it, it says something like dry buddy. Um giving you a calm and happy life. And I used to walk past that every day and think, if a clothes era can claim to give me a calm and happy life, why can't I own what I do with my services? Why can't I put a stake in the ground and say, this is the outcome that I get for you, right? And I think that what's happened is you've had sort of this QVC style approach, this car salesman style approach, particularly in my industry, to these claims that people can help you overcome and heal. And I don't, I may have said that at one point, not heal, but I may have said overcome fear and things like that. And I sort of disagree with that because the way I see, the way I see life in business now is, even if you were to overcome the fear of rejection right now as you are, as however, whatever age you are now, there's going to come a point in your life where you're faced with another type of scenario where rejection is going to come up again. And it's just another of the same type of issue. So it's not about overcoming it. It's about equipping yourself with the tools to deal with those things in a more equipped and more grounded and more you version way. And so, I think the issue has been is that we've had this sort of car salesman QVC style way of selling things, you know, with my, with my $50 course or with my one hour session, I'm going to help you overcome your life's issues. And it's like, no, mm -mm, probably not. No. Now I've never done that. I'm so scared of looking like that. I'm so scared of being perceived in that way to the point where I've turned the color down on my marketing. I've turned the color down on the words and the language that I use. I've turned the color down on what I stand by in my promises. So to be honest, when someone gets on a consultation call with me and when someone is in my actual client experience, they they can't believe the experience that they're having. And now I recognize it's because I'm not shouting about it online. I am literally struggling with authenticity online because I'm so afraid of ethical perfectionism. And yes, there's a line of what you can promise and what you can guarantee and what you can stand by. And yes, there's a line in terms of prices and yes, ethical pricing, right? Reasonable pricing. And that goes, that stretches so far into, you know, making your prices available to, um, uh, people of different backgrounds and abilities and with different access to resources. It stretches so far. And on that note, by the way, I don't think that anyone is in a position to tell us what's ethical and what's not. That leads me into my next point. We are scared to evolve in public. We are scared to evolve in public. Like I said, I might disagree with something I said in episode 25. Now I went for a walk with a friend not long ago and I said, Joe, the thing is like, 
I say things sometimes and I listen back to them and I'm like, I don't quite agree with that. And she was mortified. Mortified. She was like, are you not worried about your credibility? Are you not worried that, you know, do you not think that you should go back and listen back to things and maybe take the things out that you don't agree with anymore? And that to me is demonstrative of someone who is so afraid to evolve in public that they can't have anything publicly out there that rep- that doesn't represent the evolved version of them now. Loads of you know that my upcoming coaching program, Evolve, the doors are closing on the 17th of April. One of the biggest aspects that we, we will be working on together is evolving out loud, accepting completely and entirely who you are right now in this moment and knowing that there's growth in you yet. There's more evolutions in you, in your work, in how you do things, in who you be. And one is not more right than the other. One is not more better than the other. One is not bad or worse than the other. It's just, we are so scared to evolve and change our mind and do things differently for fear that the old version of us will be seen as wrong, unethical, less than. And I don't want that for the people that I work with because they're brilliant. Their current version of themselves right now is brilliant and deserves zero shame and zero judgment. Yes, they might not get everything right. I don't get everything right, but we should be allowed the opportunity to grow. And maybe if we've caused anyone harm or anything like that, go and fix the mistakes that we've made. But a lot of the time, you're not causing anyone harm by... You know, I, I, if I scroll right to the bottom of my Instagram feed, there are quotes that I've put on there where I'm like, oh my God, like I so disagree with that now. There are ways that I showed up on Instagram stories where I'd add a sticker saying love and light. Would I fuck say love and light now? There's just like so many reasons why I wouldn't say love and light now. A, I'm not throwing shade at anyone who does say love and light now. And B, I'm not throwing shade on my old version of myself because that was who I was in that moment. It's just we're so scared to evolve in public that we basically hide. And that's what I've noticed. That's the point of this episode. I've noticed that I've been hiding aspects of my truest self, not like who I am and how I speak and not necessarily just about showing up online and being visible and not that doesn't mean either I've been showing up as an inauthentic version of myself it's not this isn't about me saying I've I've misled you I've been being someone different this is actually about I've been holding back parts of myself which includes being out there with you should fucking work with me because here are all of the reasons why you should. Here's why my services are so amazing. Here's what you can get as a result of the work that we do together. I've been holding certain aspects of myself back because I've been so afraid of ethical perfectionism. I've been so afraid. And by the way, I want to share with you, not only has it been costly in terms of for myself, like for for my for my own for my own thriving like i have felt less colorful over the past year oh it's hard to say <laughs> i have felt less colorful over that past year because i've been censoring myself i've been holding back so it's not just costly as in in business right because by the way while these qvc style people are out there going 
I will change your life in 10 minutes if you pay me £3,333 because they're angel numbers. They're out there. They're still doing it. They don't give a shit. There's people out there being seriously unethical, taking people's money and not delivering on services. And then you've got the likes of me. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but then you've got the likes of me hiding my stuff away. And I don't want to do that anymore <laughs> because not only is it costly to my business, not only is it costly to in revenue and in my business's reputation and how far and wide my messages can spread and how good I, how much good I can do with my work. It's costly to me as a person because I didn't come into business to not do what my, what I'm, what I'm led to do by my heart. It's heart led leadership. I should have, if, if I wanted to do that, I would have just stayed in a job. But the other thing it's costly too is trying to avoid being wrong leaves us as, as not our true selves. And when we withhold things about ourselves, we are literally costing the people who we could be serving, who we could be showing up for, who would have booked in with us, but we didn't quite shine our stuff as brightly as it should have been. As bright, not brighter than it should have been shone. I'm not talking about add a bit of glitter to it, polish your turd. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about demonstrating the truest value of what it is that you do through the words that you use, through your language, through your pricing structures, so that it is truly representative of the most authentic expression of you and your work. That, that is what I mean. And so as I'm learning these lessons and you can hear in me that this is live, I'm learning this live. I'm hoping, really hoping that in sharing these lessons and this development that I'm personally going through live, that you too can be served by a, hearing some of this out loud and being like, yep, 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 I relate to that and here's what I'm going to do differently. But B, just in the solidarity of it, literally just in the solidarity of, I hear you, thank you, I share that message. I didn't need to get tip one, tip two, tip three from this episode. It was just enough to hear it. That's what I hope that you've got from this episode. I will be taking action on my own development in a way that is suitable for me and appropriate for me by reviewing and revisiting the way that I position myself in the market through my pricing, through my messages, through the words and the language that I use online, through the way that I introduce myself to people, through how, how it feels inside when someone says, hey, Nikki, what do you do? And I go, hey, I do these things. I'll be reviewing all of that and I'll be developing in those ways. My encouragement to you is if this has resonated with you today, please do not leave it there. Please don't roll over and be like, yeah, I can relate to all of that, but there's nothing I can do about it because I promise you there is. I promise you there is. And when I talk about all of the things that I talk about on the inner work conversation in terms of being the most authentic version of you, not operating within the shoulds, not having the shoulds have you in a chokehold in business and not wanting to color outside the lines. This is what I really mean. It's nuanced, it's complex, it's so much more than you're just afraid of fear and judgment. So much more than that. And so yes, cut yourself some slack, give yourself grace at the same time as holding yourself lovingly accountable for your own growth and your own evolution because that's what I'll be doing. So... All of that said, I hope this episode served you today. I look forward to hearing your feedback and please never forget, I am always cheering you on and I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.